got it, got it. Okay, good. Well, praise the Lord. Don't put that up just yet. Something has to break. Now you can put it up. Your breakthrough is coming. Listen, when God does something spiritually, it kind of throws us for a curveball. We kind of don't know what to do next. We don't know what to say next. I think I'm going to just try to explain what the Lord just did, so to speak. But this was something that I needed a breakthrough to get this breakthrough message done, too. But the breakthrough is coming. And originally it was just breakthrough is coming. But listen, your breakthrough is coming. It's probably already here. And the reason why this message kind of got birth was, if you remember, just last month, we had a, a time of three days of prayer and fasting on, I think, 26 or 28. And we did it on a Tuesday night. We prayed for revival in the church, and we prayed for an awakening in this country and in this world. On Wednesday, we prayed for our children and children, generally speaking. And on Thursday, we pr prayed for various church leaders. And every night, Lord kept reminding me of this specific passage, Isaiah chapter 61. It was 11 verses, but there's only four of them. It was in the New Testament section where Jesus quoted this passage in Luke chapter 4. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to move around now. But it was always about the Spirit of God. And then, as that was just kind of percolating, Last week's message, when Pastor Mike uh, preached on breaking the taskmaster spirit, that oppressive spirit, and all of that that came with it, listen, we as God's people need to realize that we need to be free and not bound. We need to be free and not bound. And then listen, this was not intended, but this morning was just another example of how God wants to put an exclamation point on his word that says, I want my people to be free and not bound. Listen, not because we had a little bit of an energetic move, if you will, but because the spirit of God says, listen, I don't want what's called after me to be inhibited. The spirit of this world, and there is one, okay, the spirit of this world wants to press us down. If you haven't felt it, it's coming your way. We've already felt it. The spirit of this world wants to keep us down. Not, you know, but Paul said, I might be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. But the devil wants to keep us knocked out. He wants, the, the spirit of this world wants to shut us down. Turn off the, just, whatever. That's what the spirit of this world wants to do. God's spirit, listen, wants to raise us up. Now, I'm going to do a little wordplay on that. The word raise, R-A-I-S-E, means to bring to a higher place, a higher position. There's another word in the English language, and English is such a difficult language, R-A-Z-E, which means to completely destroy. The devil wants to raise things down with a Z. God wants to raise us up. You, are you hearing me? It's a little wordplay, but listen, sometimes you might have to use that word play. God's spirit wants to lift us up. 
not keep us down. God's spirit wants to fill us up. As even this morning, some people got filled up. And listen, in the olden days, I'll kind of help you with a little bit of my age. The commercial that was out when I was a young kid, it was about Brill Cream. If you're older, you'll know what that means. It says a little dab will do you. It was a hairdo thing. Listen, a little dab of the Holy Spirit ain't going to do you. In the day and age, the day and age that we live in, we need what Jesus said, the fullness of him. Not just a dab, not just a little every now and then, not just on a Sunday morning as we enter into worship, not just, just. Let's look at verses 1 through 3 in, uh, in, in Isaiah chapter 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison doors to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to counsel those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The spirit of the Lord is upon us. But why? Why does God want to give us the spirit, his spirit? It says in that very line, but why? To come to church? To look good? To feel good? Why has he anointed us? The one thing, first thing he says is to preach good tidings. Now that's old English, isn't it? Good news. Turn on your TV this morning. Turn on the news this morning. As I was sitting there, you know how your phone gives you a little blip that says it's news feed? And it was just another, another bad news. Listen, good news is needed in a bad news culture, in a bad news society, in a bad news world. Listen, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, they said, Behold, we bring you good tidings of great joy. For you? No, which will be to all people. The devil doesn't like good news. He doesn't like good news in your life. He doesn't like good news in the world. So he keeps us under the spirit, if you will, of bad news. Listen, we can't deny some bad things that are happening. That's all why we should be spiritually mobilized to do something about it. But, but to be kept under that spirit, if you will, of constant bad news, it's a wonder that your mind is still intact. To preach good news. The second thing, why is the spirit of God upon us to anoint us? To proclaim Liberty to the captives. Another old English word. What's a captive? A prisoner. Not necessarily somebody that we know of that's in jail, but someone who is confined or restricted or enslaved. They have no choice. They're stuck and they're not getting out. Many today are kept. Many today are held captive waiting for deliverance, waiting to get set free but not knowing how to do it. And God help us if that happens in the church. When our minds get conflicted and become captive, when we become frozen that we don't know what to do, where to go, what to say.
God says, that's why I'm sending my spirit so you can be free from that, so others can also be free from that. Anointed to open prison doors, to open doors for those that are bound. follow where I go, you're going. Whether it's a good place, most likely it's not a good place. Many are bound by things that they thought would set them free. Many are bound today. They searched high and low. They've gone everywhere. Well, I think someone just talked about the woman who spent all her livelihood to get free from her sickness. She had done it all, and you know what? She was all that much more bound bent over and couldn't get up. People are bound by all kinds of things that they thought would set them free. The pleasures of this world, folks. High status, money, rich and famous, etc., etc. You can fill it out. You know which channels they're on. But it keeps them more bound. You know, as I wrote that, I thought, like, you know, you would think that Hollywood would get to them. That's the word I'm looking for, not words. But the more... They seek after things to free them. The more they get bound up and the more miserable they get. And silly us, we follow them right along. Do we want to be bound and captivated? No, do not. Why? To be anointed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Listen, in the Old Testament, that was the year of Jubilee. Today, this morning, to some people, that was the acceptable year of the Lord. It was God's time, God's place right now, right now. That was what they needed to get out of wherever they were stuck. Many are stuck. They're wondering, how do I get out? To proclaim, listen, this could be what you spent all your money on. This could be what you spent your platform on, and it hasn't gotten you anywhere. God is looking, and there's a time, you know, you ever wonder how, what God had to do to arrange how he brings you to that place? We don't really know the background, do we? We just know it happened one day. But you don't know all the players that God had to move. You don't know all the circumstances and situations that God had to line up to make it happen because it was going on before, and we just passed right on by. But God still kept moving and manip- uh, moving those pieces like a chess piece. If you've ever played checkers, that's fun and games. But if you've ever played chess and you lose, boy, that two moves and you're out. Some people can do it. God moved all those pieces. Listen, this is an acceptable year. Look at where we live in. Look at what's going on around us. Can it not be an acceptable time? Uh, it was told of Esther, if you don't, I'll raise somebody up for you. If we don't, we just get more of the same. But why do we have to be anointed? Listen, to comfort and console those who mourn. There is a lot of mourning going on. There's a time and a place. You know that one of the things that um, that keeps people in a state of mourning when they don't have closure. And a lot of people in today's world do not have closure. Christians, we do not have to walk around without closure. Jesus said, it is 
finished, exclamation point, underline that if you will, highlight it, do whatever you got to do with it. But we can live with closure. We don't have to go about mourning. Mourning already exists to the degree that it shouldn't. God promises in this verse to take the sorrow and turn it into oil of joy. In the, in the ancient days, oil was representative of multiple things, but one of the things was it, 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 it enlivened your countenance. The oil of joy for their mourning. How about beauty instead of ashes? The world today likes to just get stay, stay stuck in their ashes. God's saying, I'll bring you out of there, and I'll make something that the world says is not profitable, and I'll make it something that is profitable. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There's a lot of heaviness in today's society, and, and sometimes it creeps into the church. Listen, it's not the worship, the song service that's going to get us out of our malaise, but listen, it's, the God, it's praising God, period. That gets us out of that. And he says, I'll give you a new garment. One that's different from what you normally wear. You know what it's like when you come to church and you got your brand, the suit that you just bought. That kind of, I'll give you something brand new. Praise to God is not the same thing as going to a wonderful concert. It's not the same thing. The smoke and all the lights and all that. It's not the same thing. Listen, don't be fooled. By, by what, how things look and appear. Yeah, we can get caught up in the emotions, but get caught up in God. Garment of praise. Listen, God's spirit wants to replace the oppressive spirit that exists. Let's not deny it. We talked about it last week. You know what it's like to feel constantly oppressed. You don't, you're, everything's clouded. Everything doesn't have purpose. Or things don't seem to have purpose. An oppressive spirit just kind of keeps you not motivated. Why, why praise God? Why be kind? Why be this? You know, I happen to, to, to Google through, uh, to, to go through one of the more prominent Bible apps. And I happen to, you know how they have featured plans? You know what most of those featured plans talk about? You ready? Worry, anxiety, how to find fulfillment. Not the church of God. I, the church of God needs the spirit of God so that we don't need those things, so to speak, so that when we have those, we, we're over those things, we can offer to a world who's filled with anxiety. As a matter of fact, there's something out now that they're, they're thinking of this new age to be able to deal with people's depression other than Xanax and other things. Imagine this. When we have it, we can offer it, but you can't offer what we don't have. Look at verse, uh, verse 4. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. That sh they shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many nations. Rebuild the old ruins. My, my wife lived in the back of um, some of her family members. They took her mother to Ireland. And they visited a lot of the old ancient landmarks. They're still there. They represent something. Listen, God said, I'll rebuild those ruins. In 
those ancient landmarks that you used to have that are no longer there. The Spirit of God will raise up things in our life that have become desolate. Let this go. The Spirit of God will raise things up in our life that we have abandoned, busy. And God, are the things that are important. We don't use the word more important because we don't want to say that these things are more important than God, but we do. God will raise up things that have become uninhabited. The places, the heights that we used to reach, we don't get there because we haven't inhabited the, the God's presence in our life. And he says, not just for this generation, but the ruined places from multiple generations, past, present, and if there's one to come. So that, listen, we're not stuck living in ancient ruins. You remember, you know, when I was a young kid, Westerns were big, big deal. They would show you Dry Gulch. It was a town that was uninhabited. Think of it, Dry Gulch, there's nothing there. It had been a town that was full of activity, but something came along the way, and all of a sudden it's just a deserted town. Nothing there. May our life not become a Dry Gulch, but the Spirit of God says, I'll make it inhabited. I'll make you to be able to see those landmarks that you had in your life. The things that God had did in your life, he's, I'll resurrect some of those. I'll do them in a new way in your life. You don't have to testify about something that happened five years ago. Hello? Today. I'll rebuild those. I'll, the ones that you caused, and listen, by the way, sometimes we do cause those things. Negligence, a lack of importance. Prioritizing, etc. I'll resurrect those. I'll rebuild those. My spirit does. The spirit of God is in the rebuilding business. Didn't Jesus say in Revelation 21, Behold, I am coming. Let somebody who's rebuilding the things of God be in this room. He didn't just say that for our future, but also for our present. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, Whoever is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become. Listen, go find that verse. Get your pen and circle the word all. Because there will be some things that want to dog you that this ain't new. But God says all things have become new positions. And we'll get there. We don't have to live in a little dab and do No. God will fill with as much as you, listen, with as much much as I have. If you want a little dab and you think it's going to do you for this culture that we live in, God help you. I don't think God's going to bless you. We barely got by without the problems that we had. You, we can't keep doing that again. We, don't, we need more than a little dab. We need the fullness of what God has. Not just for the future, but for the now. God is interested in the future, but he's also alive and in the present because that's where people are. Our future is already secure, but our present is what needs to be put on display so that people can see I can have a future too. Look at verse number seven, double honor. Now, don't go in the wrong place because you know what the first thing that people think of? I'm going to be doubly blessed. 
right? It's always monetary. It's always possessions. It's always human nature that brings us down the wrong road. That might happen, but listen, verse 7. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion, what they have. Therefore, in the land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. God will restore, I think Pastor Rich used the word money or blessings or whatever it was. God will restore double for your trouble. And listen, even the trouble that you created, even the trouble that I created, God says, you know what? I'll restore some things that you messed up. But you got to acknowledge that you messed those things up. And you got to come to me so that I can pour out my spirit. Otherwise, you ain't getting him. God does not give the spirit when you're doing what you want, going where you want, seeing who you want, etc., etc. It can't happen. I'm sorry. Young people, do not be influenced by today's wonderful influences. That is a sarcastic remark, okay? Because they don't know any better. And God forbid that on judgment day, they're standing in front of some of us. Not us, some of others, waiting for their turn before the Almighty God. But let God, let this word, let the spirit of God be your influence. Whether you're young, older people in Christ, stop living on yesterday. Come on, live in for today. Yesterday was great, but today is what God is doing. That's why he told Esther, if you don't, I'll bring somebody else in. Don't use the measurement that the world wants to use when God says, I'll give you double. God may. He's talking about the shame and the regret. You know, it's not. The funny thing is people make, people who are not believers want to tell you how to deal with it. But they can't jump ship and join because they, they can't do it. It can't be done by human means. It can only be done by the spirit of God who lives in you. Especially in the day and age that we live in. And it doesn't matter what age that we live in. There's shame that goes with it. Jesus said if they did it to me, they're going to do it to you. Listen, you have good children. I have a couple. The reproach that is attached will be broken when the Spirit of God comes in. No more confusion of mind. The soul nurture. Voices everywhere. And the reason why there's confusion is because Everything sounds the same. Everything looks the same. Everything is the same. God help us. If Christians, we don't look different. Act different. Behave different. Go to different places, if you will. There, the, the line has become so cloudy that no one can tell who's who. You can use your imagination about what I'm talking about. You know it's there. God does not want his people is not connected to him. The church in Corinth that was blessed with multiple blessings beyond compare, he didn't want chaos and confusion in what God is doing by his spirit. God is not an orphan. He's not going to confuse your mind to lead you in the wrong direction. Maybe you ought to give the credit to where that credit belongs. You know where I'm going? God's voice will be clear. God's voice, now with these people talk, you don't know what the world they're saying. You don't 
look like? Did they really mean it? First of all, words. I like what Pastor Mike said last week. Get a dictionary. Find out what a word really means. Because some words today don't mean what they used to mean. I, I, I was going into a store this week and someone said, uh, yelled out to me, are you a pilot? Are you a pilot? And then they said something like, what is she, what, is, what are they talking about? And it was whatever word expression they came into the day. It had nothing to do with being a pilot or whatever. Maybe she just wanted the conversation. I don't know. But look up what the words mean because people are so confused by words. They just say. There'll be no mistaking his presence. We can confuse people, confuse voices. But when God sends the Holy Spirit, you can't miss his voice. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. The sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. They know it's me, not somebody else who's just a, sh uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. You'll hear his voice clear and succinctly. I, I, I need direction somewhere. I need, you, you'll hear God will speak to, listen, you can't hear God's voice if you don't know what the Bible says. Forget about the, uh, the King James Version. Grab, grab a version that you can understand. But God will speak to you. He will bring his word to remembrance when you have a decision to make. He'll bring the spirit of God. You ought to do how you ought to go. If we just rely on, well, that's great. I'm going to go to church tomorrow. Maybe they'll say something. You ain't going to make it. I'm sorry. You might make it for a little bit, but you're always looking. You're always, like, always grasping for someone to help us with something. God says, I'm right here. The spirit is not in measure, but in fullness. That's why Jesus says in the temple, when he quoted this verse, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then when he closed the book, he sat down and goes, end of story. He said to his disciples, it says, he breathed on them the spirit. He said, receive it. He gave it to the disciples. It wasn't just for them. He gives it him to us to be able to live a different spiritual life. Because if we don't, we just look like the same. You ever, you ever um, watch like a, a, a National Geographic and there's trees and they have little animals and you don't know the animals there. All of a sudden they pointed out there's a chameleon on that tree. But they've changed their shape, not shape, their color to match the tree. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Blending in with culture and society. Not, not knowing where to go, who to go. God says, I'll, I'll make you stick out not because of a sore thumb, but I'll make you stick out because it says right in here, people in the verses we didn't read will come to you, ask you, why are you different? Why is that nothing seems to not bother you but affect you when everybody else and everything else is crumbling? That's what the Spirit of God does. And you could say that's good for today and that's going out on your merry way and do the exact same thing as usual. But listen, you'll only get, here, here's how I can bring it to the best analogy. If you want to go to school for a particular thing, you go to class. And you study in class. You listen in class. So that when you come back, or, I'm sorry, they give you an assignment to do, you do it at home. So that when you come back, you can participate in a functional way and not feel dumb because, uh, and that's not because I don't know the answers. I didn't do the work. You can't get the plaque that says you can perform this procedure until you 
done the work. You can't expect God to say, don't worry about it. Go do what you feel like it. When you need me, call me. Can't happen. It, it can't happen. God may extricate us out of some serious troubles that we get ourselves into. But let's, let's not make that There'll be no mistake in his presence. Listen, we'll come to fully realize and hold on to what we have. Today's culture and society is just not after what they have. They always want what you have. They always want when they get what you have to have somebody else's because that's not enough. They always want something else. It was bad enough in our younger days when it was, you know, the grass is always green around the other side. It's turned into something even worse than that now. God, when we, when we have the spirit of God, we realize, you know what? This is what God has called me to. I don't have to worry about the person sitting next to me. I'm going to fulfill God's anointing on me to do what I got to do. I'm not worried about where they're going and what they're doing. I'm going to do what God has anointed me to do. Because if we did, you know, I, I've used this illusion, uh, uh, example before. Everybody always wants to be the star quarterback in a Monday night football game. Nobody wants to be the line or the, uh, the 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 left tackle. You know what the left tackle does? He protects the quarterback from line of scrimmage because he can't, especially if they're right-handed. Okay, if you're left-handed, of course you want the right tackle, but he can't see the defender coming around this way. That's the left tackle's job. Imagine if football was all quarterbacks. Who's catching that ball? Who's blocking that big guy coming in? No, we all have been. And when we have the spirit of God, we'll realize, here it is. I'm going to fulfill it. There'll be no, none of that. Everlasting joy. The world wants joy. Listen, Christians do not want joy. The world wants joy, but it settles to happiness. I'm happy today because my circumstances are good. But when they get bad, the world is against me. Joy is not like that. Circumstances, because of God's everlasting, listen, it's joy that's not indicative of the circumstances we're in because it says it's everlasting. You know what everlasting means, right? It'll last forever, everlasting. The batteries, okay? It'll last, well, they die out too, but it'll last forever. Listen, and if God says it's everlasting, he, you, we've got it in us. Our circumstances, though they are many, won't rob us of our joy. Oh, they'll try to knock us out like Paul said, but listen, I'm getting right back up. They won't keep us down long enough for us to be disabled in and in, in destroyed in that kind of category. They won't rob what God has for us. As Christians, we've got to stop allowing our circumstances to rob what God has for us. Look around. The world has been robbed left and right. Plundered left and right of joy, of everything God has for them, and, and, and they've settled for wrong. God, it says, it says in um, Psalm 84, the people of God will go from strength to strength. That reference talks about going through the valley of Baca. You know what the valley of Baca was? It was a wilderness place. It was a waterless place. But as they went through it, because of the Spirit of God, it became a place of springs. Isn't that what we need to offer a world that's in a perpetual darkness, desert, lack of water? 
spiritually speaking. We're supposed to have springs, Jesus says, out of the innermost being shall flow rivers of living waters. So people can say, whoa, I'm going to that house because there's some good water over there. A, a waterless place turned into a place of springs. Listen, let's bring it to a conclusion. The anointing. We've sung the song, something has to break. When she started singing that song, I said, this is enough. And then when he, Pastor Mike did this, I was like, all right, so th this is it. Your breakthrough is coming, but how much are you willing to wait? The anointing. This is what I, def I found the definition. The burden-removing, yoke-breaking power of God. You have a burden? Jesus says, take mine. Mine's light. Yours is way too heavy. Is there a yoke on your neck? that you got it somehow or someone put it there, I'll break that yoke, Jesus says. By the anointing, the yoke is broken. You could come to church a billion times and leave the same way. God help us. The burden-removing, yoke-breaking power of God, it is what delivers God's people and sets captives free. And you know what? It's going to set some believers free too. The anointing that breaks the yoke. It's God doing what no human flesh can do. We can do so much, but it comes to a point where that's it. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It is God's supernatural power being imparted to us and through us. Not just for us. Us, how many are here? Right. Us. 50 and no more? No. It breaks any spiritual hindrance that impedes God's kingdom and his purposes for his church, whether that be corporate, whether that be you individually. It breaks any spiritual hindrance that impedes. Now I'm going to explain to you what that word impedes. Delays. Pre prevents, obstructs. The Spirit of God is like a breaker that breaks things that we can't do. It breaks any spiritual hindrance that impedes God's kingdom and impedes God's purpose for your life. What activates the anointing? We're not going to get into the one degrees of things, but how does this anointing break? That all of a sudden it just happens? I believe. Jesus says, these things can come out only by prayer and fasting. We started a prayer and fasting last month. And I know that was just the beginning of some things that we've been seeing. It, doesn't, it begins with that, but it just doesn't end with that. It is the constant thirsting and hungering for God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For what? They shall. You're going to get it. You'll be filled. It's not like great service today. Gone. Then you got to like, I can't wait till Sunday morning again because there's nothing there. It's a constant hungering. And that means the, the priorities. God comes first. God's got to be first. Put all those other things. If you give it a shot and give it a try, see what happens. It's not like 24 hours a day you're nosing the Bible. But in everything, put, would Jesus go there? Would Jesus say that? Would Jesus do that? Oh, would Jesus hang there? And let's stop using the excuses. Well, I got a witness to my friend. Come on, you had a witness for three years. 
Stay out of there. Right? Stay out. You get delivered from something. You don't go back to that place where they offer that for free. You get out. You stay out of there. It's a constant thirsting and hungering for God. Listen, and God knows you. He knows you. He knows what that means for you. He's not going to put on you what he's putting on me and vice versa. He knows that one little half a step that you took is leaps and bounds over my 50 steps. You understand me? That's why we need to continue to hunger and thirst for God. We'll see more than we've been seen and experienced. We'll, 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 not just for the display of those things. Your life, there'll be power. When Paul, when, when the Corinthians were giving Paul a hard time, and he said, okay, I'm going to come and see you. But I'm going to come and see not your words, but the power that you have. Because the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. If all we have is words, pack it up and go somewhere else. We got not much to offer, but we need the power to break chains, to break people strong, to break ideologies in people's minds that you wonder, like, how did that ever get there like that? People who just seem to be stuck and just can't, can't, make, can't move. Let the church not be paralyzed in that regard. But we need a constant thirsting don't know what that is, God says, say, God, what, how does that apply to me? How is that fleshed out in my life? How? And the next thing you'll know, you'll look back a week, a month, a year later, I said, I got this right. God will bring you to places totally different. Totally different. Let's all stand this morning. Pastor Mike, you were going to have an altar call towards the end. Let's just stand. The, the altar call was done during this, this morning service. But listen, we all want the Spirit of the Lord to be upon us. But, but if Jesus needed it, so do we. But how much do we want it? How much, I, want it, I, I hate to say it this way, but how much is it going to cost you? It might cost me different, it'll cost you, but it's the same Biblical principle of sacrifice. It's going to cost you, if you're going to move an inch over the line, that might be the most expensive line you ever crossed, spiritually speaking. But what will it cost? What will it entail for you to say, God, I want that spirit, your spirit, so that it can impact my life, so that it can impact the lives around me. Because this world will never be changed by human effort. We can make all the rules. We can make all the, all the wonderful things that are right. But you're still dealing with people and sin nature. And they'll still do wrong. So this morning, if you, don't, if you know you need the Spirit of God, and we all do, say, God, I don't want the flesh. I don't want the little children in my life. And I don't think they're still around. They're not yet in my attic mind, okay? But I want the fullness of that Spirit. What that might mean for me right here and now. I need your fullness. Otherwise, I'll just keep going the same old pace. I'll see people get blessed by God's spirit, and it won't impact me. It won't, and it won't, I won't be stirred to want the same. But what will it take for me to move that one increment? You know, this, the, the song, if we take one step, God will take two. That, that, that whole thing, if you take it one step at a time. Listen now. You'll get a little bit pushback. 
devil does not like to lose anything. But we might lose that because of you waiting to do things outside of us. If we take that step and allow God to pour out that his spirit on us, we'll be able to read leaps and bounds over some of the things we've experienced in the past in the past month. Our lives will be transformed. People around us will be transformed in a sense. If you need to come forward to pray, I'll pray with you. We'll pray with you. But let me just pray in closing. How much of God do you really want? I want you to think. How much of blank do you want? And what do you do to go get it? And I'll fill it in with how much of God do I want? What do I, what will I do to get that? It's a stark contrast that we need to understand. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. And by the, the, the anoint, the Spirit of God that came upon Jesus himself, the Spirit of the Lord to come upon us even this morning, Lord God, and to enable us, to help us to see where we're at, where you want us to be, to see what we are and what you want us to become. God, to, to, to make a difference for the present, for eternity. It's one thing to experience the spirit and the move of God but not to be impacted by it. God help us this morning as we hunger and we thirst for more of you continually and we'll see something that we've not been able to do in our own power come to pass. I pray for each one in this sanctuary this morning God. Those that are listening on uh, online May the power and the Spirit of God draw us close to the place where God has something for us more than we can com com comprehend, more than even we can contain, immeasurable. The Holy Spirit, not just in a little portion, but in fullness, that we could live a powerful life through Christ. God, this is what we desire. It's not easy, but we trust and believe that's where we want to go. In Jesus' name we pray. If you need to come forward, that's fine. We'll come. We'll pray with you. You're dismissed. You may go. But don't make this end, the end. Make it the beginning, as Pastor Mike said earlier. The beginning of what God wants to do. Amen. Something happened.